Hello, everybody. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Uh, I'm Lewis, as you know, and we're back for another episode of Learn English with Teachify. And I'm not alone. I am with the one and only Mark Dilly. Oh, hello, everyone. How are you doing? Hope you're enjoying this. So, um, Mark, what are we going to be speaking about today? Um, well, I think we'll, we'll talk about it. I mean, looking at the time, I'd say it's beer o'clock, Lewis. It's beer o'clock. <laughs> oh, I guess it is. I mean, you know, I, I've got a few classes later, so I'll be steering clear. But once it hits 12 o'clock on a nice sunny day, yeah, it's beer o'clock, no? I mean, I'm in England right now, so it's seven minutes past uh, 11 a.m., and uh, I can't think of anything better than having a nice cold beer in the sun. Well, it's always 12 o'clock somewhere, right? There we go. So um, related to the topic, we'll get into beer. We'll speak about our memories of beer, uh, the beers we drank most growing up, if we prefer cans, bottles, draft. Mm, nice. A little bit about modern beers, Spanish beers, and we'll finish talking about our hangovers that we might have when we drink too much beer. Oof, the consequence, the day after. <laughs> but before we get into that, um, Mark, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but last weekend you did something beer-related, didn't you? Every weekend I do something beer-related, Lewis. But no, you're right. This weekend, uh, well, as some of the listeners will know, I live in A Coruña, which is the home of a very special Spanish beer company, uh, which is Estrella Galicia. So uh, we went to visit the factory, which is also now a museum. And you can have a tour all around the factory, learn about how beer is made, and, of course have a beer after it's all finished delicious mm. and whilst you were there i imagine you tasted many different types of beers um so did you have any preference uh, what were your favorites Oof. i think the thing with beer now is we're learning that there are beers for different occasions um probably you've seen lewis at 1906 lovely yeah this is Estrella Galicia's special beer. And up here in Galicia, there's a few different variations of this. Um, but you know what? I'm a classic guy and I like a classic beer. So the, the standard Estrella Galicia is a beer for all occasions. Perfect. Just like any beer. <laughs> all beer is a beer for any occasion. Oh, I don't know. I think some beers can get a little bit tiresome. You know, you, you, you drink two glasses and you think, oof, I, I don't know if I can have any more of that. One example of such beer I can think of is uh, Guinness, a pint of Guinness. So I adore Guinness. I love Guinness. But I can only really have two pints because if not, it's quite filling and it feels like you're eating uh a meal, like a Sunday roast dinner, and it makes you feel full and it gets a little bit tiresome, as you mentioned. Mm. Did you know that they used to recommend Guinness to pregnant women because it's so rich in iron? Incredible. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Um, well. <laughs> Hopefully they don't still recommend that, but, you know. 
But it's probably good for people. Uh, maybe not if you're pregnant, but for uh, anybody else, I'm sure a Guinness will fill you with nutrients and vitamins and iron. Now, um, I mentioned uh, what we were going to speak about. So um, the first point, Mark, what were your first memories of beer? I don't think I was that young when I first tried beer, maybe 10 years old. <laughs> Nine or 10 or something. No, maybe 14, 15. I feel like I, I tried my first beer. Um, and I think when I was 16, my parents said that I could have a little beer in the house. And my parents bought these short, stumpy green bottles of, of something cheap. And I don't know if I'm imagining this. I don't know if I'm making it up, but uh, I think the beer was warm. It was room temperature. And it, was, oh. it wasn't a nice experience. I, I, I drank it because I think I wanted to be cool. I think it happens to a lot of people that will do it because yeah. of peer pressure. And we'll think like, oh, if I drink beer, I'm going to be cool. People are going to like me. I'm going to be one of the cool kids at school. <laughs> did, you, did you like beer the first time you tried it? Not at all. Um, I remember my first memories trying it. And it was really bitter. The taste would stay in your mouth. And because you probably weren't going to get drunk, uh, then you'd taste it and think like, why do people like this? What's the mm. point of beer? But after a while, kind of like coffee, uh, if you drink or consume something uh, many, many times, you start to get used to it. You get used to the flavor and you start to enjoy it and savor it. And then you also start to get drunk. So it's a win-win situation. <laughs> <laughs> At least when you're young, it's win-win, right? There's, there's no downside, no disadvantage. Exactly. Yeah, you read my mind. So. <laughs> They were our first memories of beer. And um, you mentioned you had some like stumpy, cheap beers. Uh, is that everything that you drank when you were like uh, at school and at uni? Well, I suppose when I was at school and uni and we started to go out and sit in pubs. Um, I think in England at that time, it was very common to drink European lagers. So the most famous is Stella Artois. I remember Cronenberg, 1664. This was a good one. Things like this. What about you? Uh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. But to add to that, I would also say um, San Miguel. <laughs> of course. And also Budweiser. Mainly mm. because when you went to the supermarket, in particular around Christmas time, you would always have these great offers and you could buy a crate, which is like a big box of uh, bottles or cans. That's right. And it'd be so cheap. You could buy maybe 24 beers for less than 10 pounds. So you would be sorted all weekend. You've got your beer. It wouldn't be the best beer in the world. We might have drunk it a little bit warm, as you mentioned, but eh, yeah. <laughs> In England, you don't need it to be too cold. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned San Miguel. I forgot about that, but um, it's popular in England, isn't it? 100%, yeah. Um, I think people associate it with Spain, obviously, 
and with being by the beach or in nice weather, and just by sipping on a, a, a warm San Miguel in this case, it can transport you to Mallorca, for example. You think? Okay. I had friends who uh, used to call it San Miguel. Oof. Oh, shame. shame. The shame of it. Though, um, in my case, I always preferred uh, bottles to cans, but I'm not that picky. I don't really mind if I have a can or a bottle. But for me, from a bottle, it always tastes a little bit fresher, sharper, and tastier. What about you? I think I'm different to most people. I don't really like beer from a bottle. I find it too gassy. Mm-hmm. There's, there's lots of bubbles and it, it makes me feel a bit bloated, a bit full in the stomach. So I prefer to have a draft beer. When I go to a bar, I ask to have it on tap. A fact, so a draft beer on tap. So this will be when you go to a pub and you actually have the, the barman or barwoman literally pouring it from the tap. Mm, that's right. It's a skill, learning to pour a beer, and not everyone does it very well. <laughs> definitely not. I've definitely had some terrible beers, or at least some terrible pours, where the person obviously wasn't paying attention. And in the end, you have like half of the beer as froth. And like, there's no fun or good taste in that. It's like... Yeah. Froth, the, the head, the, the foam, the white bit at the top. Yeah. Well, you need a bit of head. A little bit. We all need a little bit of head. (laughs) Definitely, I don't say no to that. But yeah, you can have too much. And now moving on to um, modern beers and uh, how beer drinking habits have changed in the last decade or so. Um, How has it changed, Mark? It, it's got huge, hasn't it? It's enormous. I, I think for me, in the past, beer was more of a, a common drink. It wasn't sophisticated. It, you know, if you wanted to be sophisticated, you would drink wine. But now I think beer is gaining a reputation similar to wine, and people are enjoying many different varieties. Uh, of beer and enjoying how different they taste and how they're made. How do you see it? I mean, it's as you mentioned that there are obviously people who are really into uh, beers, making beers, brewing beers in a brewery. I said it. And <laughs> say, um, say, say that again, Lewis. A brewery. <laughs> a brewery, a place where uh, beer is uh, manufactured, is produced, is made. And uh, nowadays we have IPAs, we have craft beers, and each one has a slightly different flavor. And you have some fruity beers, you have some very sour beers, you have the really bitter beers. So there's such a wide variety of uh, choices for people who enjoy drinking beer and trying different types of beer. Yeah, absolutely. And so much goes into making a beer, the different variables that you have, the hops that you use, how you cook the beer. But something that I learned on my Estrella Galicia tour, I know, I keep mentioning it, is that um, the water 
from the local area really defines how a beer tastes. So apparently English water is very uh, alkaline. So it creates a bitter taste and we have bitter ales. And I think there was some quality in the Irish water that it's rich in iron, which creates this irony Guinness stout type beers. So really interesting. The local waters define the flavor of the people and of their local brew. So that makes me wonder, um, what's so special about Seville's water to make Tuscampo <laughs> the best beer in the universe? The best beer in the universe, Lewis. Woof, woof. I think you've been living in Seville for too long. Yeah, uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. So um, that moves <laughs> on to Spanish beers. And um, of course, obviously, both of us uh, lived in Seville for quite a long time. We're used to drinking Cruz Campo, and it has um, a unique taste, let's say. <laughs> it's yeah it's 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 special it's um hmm. you know what i i'm being unfair on cruz campo i i really started to enjoy drinking beer when i started living in seville because let's be honest on a hot sunny day is there anything better than a nice cold cruz campo no there isn't that's it <laughs> That's it. There we go. <laughs> That's it. Full stop there. But I have to admit, yeah, Cruz Campo is not the most complex of beers. Um, and it, oof, it can give you a nasty hangover. Wouldn't you agree, Lewis? 100%. You can say that again. That um, weirdly, um, if I just drink beer all day and all night, and I obviously get drunk from that beer. Uh, on the one hand, uh, whilst I'm drinking, I'll feel a little bit bloated, as you mentioned. Uh, the beer might get a bit tiresome, but it's cheap. So if you want to have a good time on a very small budget, it's a good option. But then the next morning when you wake up, you usually regret it because oh, too much beer, then it gives you a horrible hangover. You need to take some paracetamol and... Uh, drink some fresh orange juice, whereas this doesn't always happen if you have wine and uh, gin tonic. I don't know, but in my experience, beer hangovers are worse than hangovers from spirits. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. And I've even had a few nights where I've enjoyed just maybe three or four little beers and maybe I was changing around and trying different beers. And then the next morning, I woke up and thought, oof, what did I do last night? How much did I drink? But yeah, a beer can give you a pretty nasty hangover. And that's not the only bad consequence of drinking beer, right? Oh, Since, um, <laughs> what, what, what is the other one, Mark? Oof, Lewis, approaching my 30s, uh, a, a part of me started to grow. And <laughs> I started to get a beer belly. Oh, did you? Mm. So this is your tummy, your stomach, this area. It starts to get a bit rounder, let's say. That's one of uh, the disadvantages of drinking too much beer. On top of having a terrible hangover, you also have a beer belly. And 
Whenever you go to the beach in Spain in summer, in particular, if you go to a, a family style beach, um, you'll walk around and you'll look around and you'll always see some uh, usually middle aged men who look pregnant. And that is the beer belly, the beer baby. Yeah, well, you can see that in Spain and you can see that most definitely in England as well. Wherever you go. Yeah. The Homer Simpsons of the world, no? <laughs> we, we salute you. <laughs> yeah, and, and we will join you one day. One day, maybe in the short term. <laughs> it, 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 for me, Lewis, definitely. Awesome. So um, we've been speaking for 15 minutes, more or less. So that is more than enough time to be having a chat about beer. Um, I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to us having a little chat about beer uh, in many different ways. And um, just to finish, a little bit of pronunciation. A very common uh, question that a lot of uh, students ask us is, uh, what's the difference in pronunciation between the drink, beer, between the hair you have around your face, uh, beard, and um, the polar bear. So mm. I've just given three examples. Uh, Mark, could you say them again, just so it's clear for our listeners? Well, a nice drink is a beer, and the pronunciation for the hair on your face is very similar, but just with a D, beard. Bear, a polar bear, that's a different pronunciation, like care, care bear. There is one more, which is a bird. Oof. Yeah, something which flies is a bird. Awesome. So there we had it. Beer, the drink, beard, facial hair and a polar bear, and then finally an animal that flies is a bird. So on that note, thank you all for listening, and as always, do not forget to teachify your life. Bye-bye. Bye.